Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What beloved TV character from your past do you want to check in on? This is the Colleen and Bradley Show. My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hello. Bradley Trainer, why for this question? We are asking the question today because, of course, uh, it's just, uh, you know, who doesn't want to talk about their favorite TV characters from days gone by? But specifically, there was a piece from People because our good friend Kim Fields from Facts of Life who played uh, Tootie. Tootie. And um, uh, she stopped by the Today Show to talk about, I think they're doing like a living, uh, what was the show that she was on, Living Single Reboot? Or No, they're not doing a reboot. Are they? Uh, no, I think they had a cast reunion at one Maybe point. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I don't know. She was talking about that in the context. But within her visit to Today, she talked about reboots in general. And she said something that I just thought was very wise, uh, especially as a fan of, you know, television of yore and somewhat critical of like just endless reboots and reconfiguring and right trying to like relaunch the titanic right Mm -hmm. here's what she said um and by the way if you've got a beloved tv character call us 651-641-1071 she said of reboots in general there's always talk about doing reboots that's just a very popular trend right now i mean that's an understatement and has been for like mm-hmm. decades. And she says, well, I respect it. And of course, I have beloved shows that I want to see what they're doing right now. I think you have to be really careful with reboots because if you don't get it right, you're messing with people's beloved characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that to me just stuck out as, you know, particularly important to remember. Like you can't just do it for the sake of doing it. And I think executives oftentimes are pushing those things because they're like, oh, it was popular. Let's get, you know, uh, tickle that nostalgia. Right. Like, okay, but can you do it in a way that honors the original thing and actually is honoring the original thing going to be valuable for you? So like, if that's not true, then why are we doing this? Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And I also think that there's an art too, and I think some shows have done it pretty well where there's an art to nodding to the thing that you are rebooting, but giving a new perspective to it. So, for example, the Saved by the Bell remake was unbelievably good because it didn't it didn't it wasn't like, hey, let's take Saved by the Bell. Yep. And then plop it in 2020, whatever. Yep. It it took some of the characters from the original Saved by the Bell. It erased the version of camp that we had on the, the original one. And it but it gave us a different, more modern version of camp with a new perspective, with some of the same old characters. So it was in many ways a whole different show, but you had the nod to the old characters. Yeah. So you felt that connection to the storyline. Yeah. But it was something that younger audiences could consume and like without knowing anything about the original show. Yeah. No, that's absolutely uh, a great point. But hardly anybody ever does it that way. No, absolutely. By the way, she was on talking about the Upshaws, which is her Netflix. uh, It's in its second season. Okay. And I think she directed, she's directing in that show. Anyway, the moral of the story is 
I was like, oh, look, somebody who can actually affect things. Like, she's not just an actress. She's right. a director. Like, she is paying attention and thinking critically about these things that I think a lot of times somebody in a suit's just like, hey, let's get that more of that on the screen. Right. Like, right? they're like, oh, people liked that. They'll like that again. And there are ways, again, to nod to that story that we know and love or those characters that we know and love. For example, the um, live in front of a studio audience. Mm-hmm. That's a great mm-hmm. way to tickle the nostalgia. And she was involved in that in, in that she was there on set that day. Yeah. Um, and part of the um, the experience. But the other thing that I that she I, I, and I don't know if she meant this, but what what occurred to me as she was talking about that is sometimes I think we think we want to know what has happened to the characters. Yeah. But what we really want is to see the cast together again in some way, Mm -hmm. which is why we like the reunion shows. It's why we all gravitated toward that Friends reunion, because the idea of having those people who did that magical thing together at that magical time together in a room together, recalling that magical thing they did at a magical time is sometimes just enough. Like, I don't need to see what happened to Ross and Rachel. I just wanted to see David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston together sitting next to each other on a set that looked remotely like the one that they used to work on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And I think there are a lot of different ways, because I would say that there are some shows where I'm like, just I don't need to know where you are today. I don't need you to catch up and like give me all this like weird, you know, totally like all these like dad joke ways of like reintroduce what i'm saying is like there are gimmicky ways to do this and then there are more genuine ways and i think there are a variety of ways that you can be genuine with the characters and that Mm -hmm. can be you know something as simple as you know a walk on in the the live in front of it uh, studio audience experience or it can be in the the saved by the bell experience or you know like the family uh what's the show that you watched uh with the jesse and Family, uh, Netflix, uh, Jesse Spano, Elizabeth or, Berkley. Oh, the one I just was talking about, Saved by the not Bell. Jesse Spano. What's Jesse? Oh. Uncle Jesse. Oh, Full House. Full House. You know, <laughs> like the, the way they redid Full House, right? Or, um, or you know, like if you'll remember, there was this like Facts of Life sort of. Um, I don't know what you would call it, but it like was a like a TV movie. It was like a TV yeah. movie. And I actually thought that was really good. Right. But like, that's not, you know, so there are uh, the moral of the stories are a number of different ways. I think you can do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to commit to something and not try to like overdo it. Right. And or be try true to do to the, all the things and be true to the characters. Yeah. Right. Like, don't forget who the characters are just in service of a new storyline. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got this uh, email from Evelyn who said, Alex P. Keaton, uh, she would she would love to see, you know, to catch up with that beloved character. Oh, for sure. Alex P. Keaton, Michael J. Fox was so good and endearing. Well, that's a show you could actually bring everyone together, I feel like. It would be awesome because, right? I mean, and again, not to do the show, but to be together and do a reunion. Yeah. Because when you think about... All how 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 much they've all grown and done different things and what their careers have become. It really would be stunning to have them all back on a soundstage together, just reminiscing. I well, and I will say you you could do a episode. Sure. And I think the thing is, and this is where like a show like Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero didn't you know fly because you you're trying to make a series out of it, and I don't. I don't think I think that might be too much to expect because who's the audience for that? Like you can right. have a episode 
And then, you know, maybe like the cast is on stage afterward and they're reminiscing because that that gives that's enough. Right. Right. For those of us who like the nostalgia. But you're not going to I would imagine you're going to be hard pressed to maintain other than Full House was maybe mildly successful at Mm -hmm. just doing a show. Yeah, I think that's going to be a rare thing yeah they do a lot i mean there are more than we even i think remember sometimes of these reboots of a show like uh well, that's including- so that's so raven turned into raven's home uh, and that's that did a few seasons boy meets world did girl meets world um will smith did a reboot a full reboot of the fresh prince of bel-air that had a whole different spin to it that many people have really liked i think well, um. You, yeah, but there's a lot of them out there. Well, and think about like all the Brady spinoffs. And oh, yeah. The Brady special movies and whatever those things were considered. You oh, know. gosh, that was just poised for that kind of. Yeah. Um, that kind of reboot. Yeah. It was so great and perfect for the Brady Bunch. But then the problem is, you know, then somebody goes, oh, we should. It's, that was so good. It was such a hit. Yeah, then we should somebody, do it with the Partridge family. Somebody in a suit is like, right. hey. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so yeah. yeah. It was lightning in a bottle. Yeah, Let it be. Absolutely. Let it be lightning in a bottle. Uh when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, um, we need to talk about a new publationship. Actually, they're not a new publationship. They're an old relationship. We gotta start calling them what they are. And that's a publationship. We'll tell you who it is after this on My Talk 1071. Well, it's just time that we confront reality on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. start now? Exactly. Well, because uh, the moment is requiring us to. Bradley Trainer, there is a publationship that we have not referred to as a publationship. Yeah. yeah. But maybe we need to change our ways. Should we get the Cobra? I think we should. Whenever there's trouble, without a double, with a Cobra game. If you've got the crime, we've got the time, with a I am, of course, talking about Sydney or Bram. I don't know what we're calling this couple, but we really should be calling Britney Spears and Sam Asgari a publationship, albeit a one-sided publationship. And to that end, the reason we're talking about it today is because I think we need to start giving him some credit. He did an interview over at the Good Morning America, and I want to play you a clip because I feel like uh, he's getting better at this. Okay. Can I ask a question before we listen sure, to it? Sure, yeah, yeah. When you say he's getting better at it, do you mean like more convincing or like better at acting? Well, let's have a listen. Okay. And you tell me what you think. Right. So this again is a little bit of Sam Asgari uh, on Good Morning America. This, you know, someone that I admire. What does it feel like to be developing your own career being in the public eye i didn't really get noticed until you know uh my wife gave me like this amazing uh platform to work with so i'm always appreciated of that but let's not take away from the fact that i've been working hard and i was already acting i don't take any opportunity that i have as for granted and uh, I really try to uh, stay positive with everything that's happening. As a scary makes okay, his- so that is just a bite, a clip of his interview on GMA. Now, a lot of it is exactly what you would expect. He's promoting his role in that movie uh, with Mel Gibson, where mm-hmm. he plays a hitman or something, or yeah, some something kind like of that. some kind of bad guy or de- decent guy to Mel's bad guy. I don't know the movie. 
He's in it. Are he's they doing co-starring or is he just a no? Role I in think it? he's just in that movie. Okay, because yeah, the way it sounds is like he's okay. Go on. But what did I say? <laughs> he's getting better at he's it. He's getting better yeah. at it, right? Be- meaning now, your question was. You asked, like, is he getting better at, like, is he more believable or is he like acting better? Like, what does it mean when you say he's getting better? That's what I was trying to get my brain around. And I think it means that he's getting better at playing the part of a half of a publication ship. Because interestingly, in the piece that we just heard, the thing I keyed in on was he says like he doesn't shy away from the fact that he's Britney Spears partner, right? A.K.A. husband now. Right. And that she gave him an opportunity in previous interviews. Sam Asghari sounded kind of like, um, well, of course, I am getting roles and things because I'm me and I'm amazing and I'm a talented actor. Right. Which may or may not be true like that. That's certainly a, a belief he can have. But like everybody around you is going, dude, you're Britney Spears boyfriend. Right. So do you understand that that opens doors for you in a way that it doesn't anyone else? In this interview, he very clearly is acknowledging that. And he's like, I'm grateful for the platform that my wife has given me. But let's also remember that I'm actually a hardworking actor who's been showing up and doing the work. Now, I'm not saying you have to believe him or not believe that he's trying to, like, act a certain way. But still, in terms of, like, showing up and being, you know, uh, a public figure with a very public wife, I think he's doing a much better job. I feel like part of... Whether or not he'll say this in an interview, but part of what his relationship with Britney Spears has given him or afforded him is a higher level of PR and coaching Mm. because, you know, she's Britney Spears like she's in a whole different orbit. Yeah. And before, when he was acting, before she was in his life, he was I mean, he's a hustler. Yeah. I mean, he has hustled. He has worked hard. Yeah. But he was kind of leaning into some of the like lower budget uh, ways of promoting himself as well. So now that he's with Britney, I mean, he's got to have an even better staff who's probably a little bit more adept at navigating Hollywood as a celebrity. Well, and he's taking the opportunity and he's like, it's just clear to me in this interview, if you watch Sam Asghari on Good Morning America, it's like a very, it's very much a puff piece. Like the guy is not asking hard questions, but he's, Hey, it's Mike. And I'm so excited to tell you about factors, delicious, ready to eat meals. We're all busy. And with factor eating fresh, never frozen chef crafted meals has never been simpler. Two minutes is all you need to heat and eat wherever you are. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from, including calorie smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash btpod50 and use code btpod50 to get 50% off. That's code btpod50 at factormeals.com slash btpod50 to get 50% off. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Not like, like acting. Is Brittany, does Britney have a wall around her? Yeah, exactly. He did not ask right? That. Like, or what did she really say about her mom? Right. Um, <laughs> you know, he, uh, my point is that he is, he is much better in this interview performing as the husband Mm -hmm. of Britney Spears and does not come across bitter. Like there were other interviews where people would catch up with him and you're like, you seem kind of edgy and a little perturbed that people are asking you about Britney. Like you may not accept that, but like that's the reality. So Mm -hmm. can you meet the moment? And I think right now he's meeting the moment publicity wise which will only benefit his career mm-hmm. because nobody wants somebody to be like, yeah, like I deserve this. Britney has nothing to do with this. Right. It's like, dude. Right. He also sounds calmer in a way that, you know, when, when we see the paparazzi catch up with him, AKA when he gives them his coordinates and they show yes. up, yeah. um, he sounds very canned. He sounds like he has his answers planned. This one, he sounded a little bit more relaxed, like his improv classes are working, Mm. right? Like, did you get that vibe a little bit? Yeah, I could see that for sure. There was definitely like a difference in the tone of it. Yes, ending. Yeah, not just just what he was saying, but also how he was saying it. He didn't just have like a blank look or look at you like, why did you ask that dumb question? And that has happened in the past where, again, you can see. And again, I would like I understand where if you're Sam Asghari, and you have wanted to be somebody in Hollywood mm-hmm. since long before you ever knew Britney Spears, mm-hmm. it would be somewhat galling that the only reason people are calling you is because of the person you're dating. Right. But at some point, you need to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's going to eat you alive. Right. And like, we need to no, look no further than any other strong woman in Hollywood who has had a partner who's wanted to also have a public figure. Right. Because it, Hollywood li- will literally eat you alive for that. Right. Right. And it, it would have a negative effect on him if you weren't able to adjust yeah. to that. Oh, it, the other yeah. thing I'm curious about, which time will tell, but it will be interesting to see how they navigate, if he continues to get attention for his own work, how they will navigate like her public mm-hmm. Well, yeah. persona. If she's still not performing and she's playing you know being his wife yeah how does that look on red carpets well, or at movie premieres that's why i said like at this point it's only one half of a relationship because yeah. she's nowhere to be seen exactly other than instagram when we come back on the colleen and bradley show celebrities behaving badly we call them D-bags. after this on my talk 1071 he's behaving badly we do love to tell you about them on the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 i'm colleen lindstrom that's bradley trainer hey. We have a name for those celebrities behaving badly, we call them? D-Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Chris Pratt. You can say that again. And it's not for the reasons that we've already discussed, so I'm not trying to beat dead horses here kids but this story actually comes from an interview he did on Sirius XM specifically the pop culture spotlight with Jessica Shaw wherein he said something and I'm like I don't know what we're doing this is going to seem minor uh, compared to the things we've already discussed Chris Pratt related today on the show 
nonetheless. Chris Pratt, noted Hollywood Chris, by the way. Mm. You know, he's one of the Hollywood Chrises. Yeah. Chris Pine. Sorry, Evans. Holly. Not the prettiest one. Hemsworth. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth Evans. Evans, Pine, and now Pratt. But mm-hmm. he says of being a member of this uh, Hollywood group, it's not my name. I don't like being called Chris. So I thought, oh, Chris doesn't like being a Chris because he's special, perhaps. I don't know. So then I uh, read through the article to understand because I didn't listen to the show because I don't listen to Sirius XM's Pop Culture Spotlight with Jessica Shaw. I'm sure she's an amazing lady mm-hmm. who's talented and does a wonderful show. Uh, so she says in this conversation that Pritt, uh, Chris Pratt comes out to her as a non-Chris. Okay, well, what do they call you? Right? Wouldn't that be the I mean, follow-up? that is what I want to know. I want to understand yes, this better. People don't call you Chris because your name is Chris. Yeah, and you don't like to be called Chris. Which is your name. What, what, it, you, what do you like? Why didn't you change your name? But anyway, called? they. Uh, she's like, do they call you Pratt? And he goes, yeah, Pratt. CP. You know? CP. Hey, CP. Pratt or CP. But no one calls me Chris. My friend Chad. I went golfing with my friend Chad, my pastor, the other day. And he was like, no one calls you Chris. I'm going to call you Chris. All right, Chris, you're up. And I was like, no, that feels weird. It's not my name. Don't call me Chris. Wait a second. I, I'm super duper confused. Yeah, well, you're not alone. For a few reasons. It's not my name. Call me Chris. Okay. Call me CP. But is it? But what actually then is his name? Pratt, CP. But what's his actual name? Chris Pratt. But his name's not Chris. Yeah. He doesn't want to be called Chris. And it's that thing that people, I'm like, this is a thing where I think you're trying to be, you know, like, again, with Chris Pratt, we have talked about this multiple times, including but not limited to a previous segment, wherein it feels like he's trying to perform right now. Mm -hmm. And the performance I think maybe he's trying to have or the image that he's trying to portray, perhaps, maybe you see it differently, is like, I don't want to be part of all those Hollywood Chris's, you know, those Chris, Chrissy McChrissersons who are so fancy and Chris-like. I'm down here. Oh, but, I'm just CP. But do you know, like... I'm Chris Pratt on the block. If I could just point out why it is he doesn't want to be part of the Hollywood Chris's. Because well, he's, he's the worst Chris. Hey, oh, no, but honest to God, he's the one that... Oh, no, why do you say he's the worst Because everybody knows it's a thing. You know, everybody knows Everybody that. knows it. He's like the least, he's the lowest on the, he's the lowest Chris on the list. You can debate the other three. I mean, I, he doesn't hang with them. I'm not going to hierarchicalize the Chris's. I just think he honestly thinks that he's different than, or is trying to portray himself as different than, right? And it's like, well, why? Well, but I, when I say that he's the worst, Chris, I, I agree with that. But I also, I, I don't think that's just me stating my opinion. I think that has been part of the conversation is that he he is noted as can't even with the rest of the Chris's. Um, I want to say it was like there was an actual conversation about this because of maybe an article or something well, no, somebody social, said on the show or on social media. I feel like it was there was a whole social media conversation right. about the worst Chris, right? And that's kind of what tipped that's what got him dinging to the left and, and dying to, to the, the right, right was yeah. that he felt it it became clear that he was aggrieved by people talking on the internet right. about his per, 
reception or his uh, hierarchy or ranking in the Hollywood Chris's. Right. Which indicates that that ticked him off mm-hmm. and that aided his ego. Right. Which, and by so, the way, let me just remind you, that's not a thing. Right. It's the internet. It's the internet making stuff up. Like, just because the internet appreciates right. you on a listicle in a way that is not real. Right. Does not mean you should then focus your ego towards it. Right. And the fact that it does tells us a lot about your character, which is, I think, what this story is, is an extension of that. Like, oh, I'm so not a part of that. Right. Like, I don't want to be a part of your club. Oh, I'm going to be like the worst member of your club. Well, I'm not a part of your club. Right. I'm right? not like, even a Chris. That's not my name. That behavior. Yeah. On like the place, the 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 school um, playground, right, right, right. Um, and Chris also, brat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, our our good friend Panda said on Twitter something which I would also like to to agree with. Here's the thing: you can't give yourself a nickname. If you give yourself a nickname, it's weirdly douchey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, Chris Pratt. There's other things we dislike you for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna say, <laughs> we maybe talked about them. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, listen to the podcast. Yeah. Check the podcast. Mm-hmm. Please do. Mm. Do you want to know who my D-bag is? But of course. Okay. So I don't even know. There's, I can't, I don't, this, I just didn't have another category for this because honestly, I can't tell if I think it's D-baggy or if it's so completely hilarious. So I saw this headline in the U.S. Sun and I, I had to investigate further. It was, But no, teen mom fans, quote, cringe after Farrah Abraham shares, quote, disturbing, not safe for work post about her, quote, butt cheeks. And I was like, click. Well, yeah, I'm (laughs) in. Who doesn't want that story? I need to know more about this. And so the whole article. What's the disturbing post about her butt cheeks? It's so funny. So the whole article is about how people were super offended at this thing that she did on her Instagram story. And it is seriously the least Farrah Abraham thing you've ever seen. Okay. She shared a video. Okay. Of a guy shooting off fireworks. Out of his butt. From his butt. Oh my God. And she. But it's not her? It's not her. It is somebody else. Okay. So you can look at, I think here, let me see if I can, it's Where on is it? Reddit is in this here. No, I'm an, well, yes, but I'm going to give you here. I'll give you the clip um, it, to make it easier. So you don't have to fish for it. Oh, I found she, it. She, okay. Oh my God. She, it is hilarious. I also love the Instagram account that came from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poopies Graham. Yeah. Thank you. Um, anyway, she writes in the sharing of this video of, again, a guy shooting off a firework from his butt. She writes, this inspires me to do more with my butt cheeks. And I was like, (laughs) I again. And she's responding directly to that account. Yes. Is that like a, what is that account? I don't know. Did they just do? (laughs) Well, appropriate for the weekend. Right? Please don't do that at all. But home. can I just say, I, I, there are a lot of reasons I look to Farrah Abraham and I make judgments, but this is my favorite post of hers of all yeah. time. Well, like, that's it's just, just straight un- up funny. I was going to say, it's just unintentionally hilarious. Yes. So I couldn't, I guess the D bags in my story then are anybody who doesn't think that's funny. Oh, is that? Or a- is actually offended by it. I think, is that a um, Jack Butt person? The oh, I, you know, I don't know. It looks, it is very Jack Buddy. What? Well, it says a new Jack. Jack. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. His account says actor uh, Poop. Is his name Poopies? I mean, it literally says Poopies, a new Jack member. Yes. Hope you're loving Jack 4.5 yes. on the Netflix. That is a, a Sean McInerney. Oh, so, mm-hmm. so the, the mm-hmm. delightful thing about this is she's just trying to get attention yeah. from this dude. Yeah. By retweeting his stuff. But okay. Oh God, I mean, it made me laugh. Yeah. yeah. It worked. No. I liked it. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we got to see fireworks out of somebody's booty. Right? That's never bad. <laughs> Don't I don't do know. That. I just, don't do that. Sometimes I feel like it can be bad. Uh, that's true. Don't try it at home for sure, but definitely laugh at it on the internet, <laughs> which is generally, I mean, I feel like that about many of the Jack Butt sketches. Oh, God. I've never seen oh. Jack Butt, mostly because it's that cringe behavior. Oh, like, yeah. I can't watch. I don't know. Sometimes There's some it is stuff. funny. Yeah. So, there are some things that are hilariously funny and some things where I think you are torturing, you are hurting yourself. Yeah. You yeah. are, they were playing whack-a-mole with not a mole. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, like, let your imagination ooh, run wild. Ooh. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> and so like that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, I don't like that. That makes me really uncomfortable. But then yeah. there are other things that they do that are, Oh, ridiculous sure. and well, funny. I mean, it's wild. Uh, obviously, they're on 4.5. That's wildly popular. Yeah. I'm just looking at pictures of Farrah Abraham's behind because you'll remember mm-hmm. that was where we left her, I think. On the table, getting her, getting her correction. What was it called? Booty? Booty? A, a revision? Booty a correction? correction? Something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Remember. in the UK. Yeah, yeah. she was at Miss Aesthetics yeah. or something. Yes. Anyway, look uh, look forward to uh, some Fourth of July uh, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Some uh, some fireworks shows coming. Pew, pew. Right out of her behind. When we return, she probably wouldn't feel anything. I mean, most of the parts aren't hers, right? When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got a D-bag double down. Oof, you've been waiting for this one. Yay! It's so obvious. Oh. After this on my talk one oh seven one. Thanks, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. And uh, we had so many D bags, so very many D bags <sighs> that we needed to create a separate segment to hold these D bags. It's a D bag double down. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. It's a double D bag, double down. So it's a quadruple down. Uh, Alex Baldwin. There's so much D in the bag. And Woody Allen. No, wrong story. Do you want to try again? No. Okay. Alec Baldwin. (laughs) I want to disappear. Yeah, so so did everybody who watched Alec Baldwin interview Woody Allen on Instagram Live. I mean, couldn't say we didn't see that coming. uh, We need to talk about this interview. Without actually listening to the interview, because it was a bleep show. Now, uh, <laughs> I I like lost my mind yesterday when I was reading a story about this and saw some of the clips. This okay, so this show on Instagram Live. Oh my god! First of all, can we just talk about who thought this was a good idea? Alec Baldwin. Where is Alec Baldwin in life right now? Not a good space. He's uh, currently waiting to find out if he will be charged in the shooting death of a cinematographer on his set. He was holding a gun that ended up killing Mm -hmm. 
a coworker. Mm-hmm. That's happening. And so he thought a good use of my time on my own social media account, my Instagram, is to invite my good friend Woody Allen over for a chat. No. Where's Why? Woody Allen in the world? Boy, Woody Allen has been <laughs> oof. I laugh, but I'm not laughing. It's, it's like, not it's not because of the topic, it's because of the absurdity. We I mean process this way. Woody Allen this is not like new news, right? No. That Woody Allen has for decades yeah. been accused of molesting. Yeah. His daughter. Yeah. And uh, most recently, the reason why it is uh, a conversation with such fervor is because uh, she and her brother, oh my gosh, whose name just completely. Ronan Farrow. Thank you. Ronan Farrow. uh, Or um, the. Dylan. Dylan Farrow. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Ronan Farrow did a documentary that we all, many of us watched, and it is disturbing. So, uh, so he's not in a great space. So all of those questions are valid and make us wonder how this ever happened. Well, Alec Baldwin showed up and was like, hey, I'm going to do this thing with Woody Allen. And I don't care about your opinions and you can mm-hmm. do whatever you want. I don't care about your HBO documentaries that have journalism and investigations mm-hmm. and people's words out of their own mouth. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to have my friend Woody Allen over and we're going to talk about his new book. Great. And uh, his career. So so then you're like, okay, well, this is gross and weird, and I'm not going to listen. But then you find out that after the fact, it was a bleep show, mm-hmm. because it's literally what you would imagine two kind of not fun to listen to people mm-hmm. having a conversation at each other would be like. Meaning, it's as just unwatchable as you would expect Mm -hmm. and it also involved but was not limited to at one point because the the, like the internet these people don't know how to use the internet and so um woody allen's connection keeps uh and I, i was looking at this yesterday i was like holly did they blur woody allen's face out because like he's you know a pariah or like what's the reason for them blurring his photo and she's like no that's his Wi-Fi. Yeah. So it's Alec Baldwin in a golf cap and a ratty old T-shirt looking like, you know, your Uncle Lou in front of his camera going, hey, your Internet's not working. And then Woody Allen's like, well, I can't see you. I mean, it literally is a oh Saturday Night Live sketch such that one person viewing who showed up, by the way, there were 2,600 people who showed up for this. I want their bios. <laughs> well, but, well, a lot of them, I think, were people like uh, comedian. Um, I think it was Alexis Pereira mm-hmm. said, quote, inexplicably interviewing Woody Allen on Instagram live, watching as Woody loses Wi-Fi and then getting up to yell something in Spanish that I, a native Spanish speaker, can't understand has surpassed sweaty balls as the new funniest oh thing gosh. Alec Baldwin has ever done. God tier. Oh um and another journalist said, I was morbidly curios- uh, curious about this, so I put it on uh, in time to see Alec Baldwin yelling at his housekeeper in Spanish to fix Woody Allen's Wi-Fi. And then at another point, he's apparently yelling at his housekeeper to quiet the dogs. And the people who speak Spanish are like, I don't think that's what he's thinking. He- that's not what he's saying. But he's also- not, he doesn't understand what he's saying. And so everybody's like, poor Leonetta, because that's the housekeeper he's just like randomly yelling at off camera. And what's she going to do about Woody Allen's dumb... Uh, Wi-Fi. I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah. like, there's a lot of no logic. Yeah, no, this is enough to go around. The moral of the story is it was one giant train wreck. And of course, of course, uh, well, Alec turned off the live comments. Of course he did. 
right? Uh, because I think people rightly would have a lot of questions. And then that just led to a bunch of other technical issues. And like the whole thing was just one big train wreck. And I still don't understand why. Like Alec Baldwin, do you need more reasons for people to think you're a distasteful human? I just, I feel like there's this, he's going to at some point come forward with some sort of message about how, you know, no network would do this because Woody Allen's been canceled and so is Alec Baldwin. And so, you know, they got together and they, you know, union of the cancelees. It's so gross. There's a reason that that he's that Woody Allen is doing an interview on Alec Baldwin's Instagram live. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because other actual media outlets won't do that interview. Right. And you may or may not think that's appropriate or not, but that's the reason why he's doing that. Right. Which is like a reason Alec Baldwin should be like, we're not going to do this. Also, to your previous point of the fact that when if you're going to present this thing market this thing i don't know maybe test it first you see these two guys who are completely all thumbs and not at all able to put together a quality product at all it literally is like every meeting you've been in since (laughs) the pandemic started and you're like yeah you're on mute you're, I, you're can't, a, I can't hear. I can't I can see s- your connection is <laughs> do you what what oh ah we're talking over each other it's so terrible so but you know that somehow he, Alec Baldwin is going to be able to spin some sort of tale about personal empowerment and having your voice heard and how, yeah because Woody Allen is struggling right. to have his voice heard right <sighs> versus I don't know don't even get Fill me in started. The blank. Don't even get me Fill started. In the no, blank. what I did want to do is like at one point, Woody Allen is talking about how he hates social media, and I'm like, "You're obviously, yeah, you're yeah. Alex. Also, yeah, maybe that's like, yeah, no, you don't put down the thing that is the only thing getting your personal message out right now. And Alec is like, no, but. Instagram is like, it's like the Radio City Music Hall of the millennial generation. And they're talking about Groucho Marx and W.C. Fields. I mean, I am a fan <laughs> of old I Hollywood. But even yeah, that but was lost like, on, not even what? you can do that. It's what? like it's like a FaceTime that didn't need an audience. <laughs> right. Like these two could have had their awkward, weird conversation just like you and your aunt Trish do. Right. But like you didn't need to invite us all to the conversation. Right. No, thank you. Also, as if your Aunt Trish had done some horrible things. I mean, mean, again, I'm not laughing at the thing. It's just the absurdity of I can't believe literally in 2022, Alec Baldwin thinks his best work is to invite Woody Allen over for an Instagram live that nobody can make happen. The thing I just find amusing (laughs) about the whole thing is like, I'd like Uh, to direct Jerry Lewis. When you don't think that they can possibly do anything to make themselves look worse. Oh, they found a way to. So then they talk about how he's going to do one more film. Woody Allen, right? Great. Not watching it, but, um, and I, but I'm not Woody Allen's audience. I was Neither never, I. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not I'm not do, I promise I'm not doing that thing where I'm like, I never really liked Woody Allen. I, I remember loving radio days. It was a movie from a hundred years ago and nobody knows it, but he talks about doing his next film in Paris. Why? Because he can't make a film right. here. Cause he's like, a people cr- won't give him money. Criminal. Gross. <sighs> well, yeah. 
don't watch that on your spare time. When you come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, what's the best food smell? What's your favorite food smell? 651-641-1071. What do you like to sniff?